Well, good evening, and welcome to the second of five Christmas Eve services here at New Spring. Thanks for coming a night early. Appreciate it. Um, we're in a series right now called, called Gifts, and tonight is the last installment of our series. Uh, and as we, as we think about gifts, you can't disassociate uh, Christmas from gifts. And I was just thinking about this. Now that I'm getting to be an older guy, I'm thinking about like all the seasons of life in relationship to gifts. Like I can remember being where some of you are at that station in life where you're just thinking about what you're going to get. You know, it's, I remember as a kid trying to get my parents to give me a clue and trying to work them and play 20 questions. And as I've told you so many times, my dad was just a giveaway. I mean, he was putty. My mom would try to hold it back and, and I would start asking my dad questions. I'd ask him some dummy questions to soften him up. And then I'd get him rolling. And if I hit, he'd start grinning. And then I'd wind up getting my present about two weeks early. I love that. And uh, so it could be that you're at that stage of life and you're sort of working your parents and grandparents. I, uh, I met some grandparents before the last service that made me think about a story that I heard about a couple of boys that were staying with their grandparents before Christmas, about a week or so before. And uh, they went to bed. Their, their, their bedroom was in the guest room next to their grandparents' bedroom. And so the boys decided to have a, a little time of, of prayer before they went to sleep at night. And so one of the boys began to pray and he started praying like this. Oh, God. This is cold coming to you, and I'm asking you for Christmas presents. God, I would like to have a Nerf Nitron Vortex Blaster. And God, I've been wanting an Xbox 360. It hasn't happened yet, so God, would you send me that? His brother said, Colt, what's the matter with you, boy? God's not deaf. He said, yeah, but Grandma is. <laughs> And then there's some of us that are in that stage of life where, you know, we've sort of gotten past that thing about getting presents, but we're pumped about what we're going to give the people in our lives, our kids, our grandkids, um, you know, a special person in our lives. We just, you know, have kind of a grin on our face and we can't wait for them to open the present on Christmas morning. And then there's some of us who've gotten to the age where we're just going to be glad when the 26th comes, you know. <laughs> This is going to be glad to get this over with. And you know what it's like. Don't, don't look at me like you have halos on. You used to go shopping, then you did your shopping online, and now it's all about, well, I, I heard a story about an old guy that uh, is where some of us are in life. He just got tired of shopping, had a lot of grandkids, and, and um, he just decided that what he was going to do was write them all a check for $100, put it in a card, and, and you write, buy your own present. And so... He, he, you know, he sent out the cards, and a few weeks later, he hadn't gotten any thank you notes. And he was just making cracks about how this next generation is so ungrateful and, and, and in gratitude after all. You know, he gave them that nice gift, and none of them sent him a thank you note. One day he was at his desk, and he saw his stack of checks. He forgot to put them in the, uh, in the cards. So all of his grandkids got a card that said, buy your own present, you know, so... Uh, That'll cut down attendance at his funeral. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where you are and what stage you are, but at New Spring, we're talking about gifts in a whole different way of thinking. And so if you'll just give me about 15 minutes tonight, I would like to talk to you in this last message 
on the most important gift of Christmas. And, and, and if you can imagine a nativity scene, if, you, if you're new to New Spring or if you're visiting family and this is the first time you've been part of our series, if you can imagine a nativity scene, you can sort of scroll through the gifts that we've talked about the weekend after Thanksgiving. Think about the wise men for a moment because the Bible says when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And joy is a gift that God wants to give you. Happiness, the word happiness actually comes from a word that means luck or happenstance. Happiness comes and it goes, but joy doesn't have to go. You can have the joy of God even if you're having a really tough time, which some of you are right now. Joy is a sense of inner well-being and, and, and a sense of positiveness that we have as we receive the promises of God. And then the next week, it was one of my favorite talks. We talked about Joseph and how that God gives us purpose. Joseph was an ordinary guy who did an extraordinary thing. And we talked about how that God doesn't give us purpose in like this lump sum. God gives us purpose uh, installment by installment in, in the form of opportunities. And we embrace the opportunities and we accept those opportunities. And when we look back, we see that God, yes, indeed, he had a purpose for our lives. And we saw that opportunities don't flow out of purpose. Purpose flows out of opportunities. And then think about the angels for a moment because when the angels visited the shepherds, they said that, that the message would bring peace. And we talked about peace, God's gift of peace, peace with God and the peace of God. And then last weekend, we talked about Mary. And how that God gives us the gift of, of great favor. But tonight, I want to just take you for a few brief moments to the nativity scene. And I want you to envision Mary as she's just given birth. And Mary has within her arms the baby Jesus. And I want you to think about what Mary must have thought. And it's probably easier for those of you who are moms than for the rest of us. Because you know what it's like to give birth. And that first moment that someone lays the baby on you or you get to hold the baby in your arms. It's a very special feeling. And you think about Mary who's just given life to this, this baby boy. And I want you to think for just a moment about God's greatest gift because there is a gift that's even greater than joy or peace, greater than purpose, greater than even God's favor. And that is, well, first of all, before I give it to you, let me just read this statement about Jesus because I think it, it sums up best this idea of how God brings his gifts in the person of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Bible says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Remember this, Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem. He was not a human who became God, he was God who became human. He was heaven's rock star. He was what heaven was all about. And the Bible says that because of, to enrich us, he, he became poor. I mean, the king of eternity, the creator of the universe, the one who wrote the codes for DNA, came into our world and was born to peasant parents Laid in a, born in a barn and laid in a feeding trough. But why did he do that? The Bible's so clear on that. He became poor to make you and me rich. Hence the gifts that we talked about. There's one verse in the Bible that I want you to just read with me for a moment. It's in John chapter 10, verse 10. The reason why this verse is so important is that the grown man Jesus is now going to tell us why he was born. You ever wonder why you were born? <laughs> well, Jesus tells us why he was born. Listen to this. He said, the thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. The reason I came, the reason I was born, Jesus said, was so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. It's the gift of life. When Mary held that baby in her arms, she was holding the very gift of life, not just that God had given her family, but God's gift of life to the whole world. And this is personal. God's gift of life to you. 
One of the things that I'm driven to do at New Spring is I'm, I'm driven to strip away the religious jargon and, and the junk that we pick up, maybe unintentionally in religion. Sometimes when we, we read the, story, in the stories in the Bible, we imagine the characters as being stained glass characters with halos around their heads, but they're people just like you and me. And, and, and you think about Jesus coming into our world as God becoming human to people like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and all the people around. And his purpose, he said, was that he came that we might have life. And so it's the story of Jesus coming into our world. It's not a fantasy. It's not a fairy tale. It's not like Lord of the Rings. I mean, he's a real person. He is the son of God, God and human at the same time, coming into our world on a rescue mission so that you could have life. And think about this. He said two kinds of life. He talked about real life and eternal life. Well, the real life that he wants to give us is the life that we have while we're on the earth. Eternal life, obviously, is the life that comes after we leave. I like what he said about real life. He, he, he went on in the next sentence to give two, two statements about it, better and more. Let, let me ask you a question, and I don't want to be personal about this, and I certainly don't want to be a downer on Christmas Eve, or the Christmas Eve Eve, whatever tonight is. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're not really living? I mean, do you ever feel like you're just using up days, using up resources, using up time? Do you ever feel like a hamster in a cage just on a wheel, just, just trying to keep life going? And, and I think that all of us probably at some point feel that way. And it's to, to people like us that Jesus comes to say, hey, how would you like to have real life? And then he said, better life. We're, we're about to start a series. You saw it a few months ago, a video on January 7th and 8th. We start a brand new series called Best Practices. I mean, it, it, it would be great, wouldn't it, if we could not only move from good to better, but move to the very best practices. I'm going to be talking about five weeks for what the best practices are for your life. Not best practices for your career, but best for living. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you real life. Not, not like a hamster running on a wheel in a cage. Not just to give you life in which you get up in the morning and try to figure out how to fill up a day until you go to bed at night. Jesus is saying, I came to give you a real life, more of it, and better life. I think about what Jesus said to a woman, and this is in John chapter 4. Jesus wound up talking to a woman. In fact, he made a whole trip just to have an, a talk with her. You know, many of us feel that there are areas of dysfunction in our life, but I assure you, whatever problems you have in your life, they're not as big as this woman's. She had been married five times and divorced five times and was sleeping with a man who wouldn't give her his name. I mean, think about this. Every time she had, you know, married and divorced, you know, the world just kind of marked her down and discounted her price. Married five times, divorced five times, sleeping with a guy who would keep her in the house as long as she satisfied him sexually. And Jesus made a whole trip for this person. He wanted to talk to her. You know what he said? He said, if you only knew the gift, gift God has for you, and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Living water, there is a metaphor for a life. Jesus was saying to her, look, you don't have a real life. But if you would ask me, I would give you a life. Oh, that, that just goes all over me. Because he didn't say, if you would jump through these hoops. He didn't say, if you would embrace this religion. He didn't say, if you would take these 12 steps. All those things could be fine. But Jesus didn't say any of those things. He said, if you asked me, to a woman who had no life, if you asked me, I would give you a life. Now, what does it mean to ask Jesus to give you a life? Well, I can keep you here to 
the day after Christmas talking about that, but I won't dare do that. Let me just give you four things that are really important to me. If you have Jesus in your life, it means you're never alone. I hate the feeling of being alone. I hate the feeling of being alone if I'm really alone. I also hate the feeling of feeling alone even if I'm in a crowd in the sense that nobody else knows exactly what's going on in my life. Do you ever feel that? Do you feel, even when you're around people that love you and people that you love, do you ever feel that nobody really knows what's going on inside of me? I can't articulate it. Do you realize if you invite Jesus Christ into your life, if you ask him to come in, he said he would give you a life. Part of that means you'll never be alone. You'll never be by yourself and you'll never be in a circumstance where nobody knows exactly how you feel. I've shared with New Spring so many times, I think the deepest prayer you can ever pray when you're going through hard times is just to open up your heart to God and say, God, you know. I don't even have to tell you. I can't articulate, I can't put it in words, but you know what I'm going through. It means you're never alone. It means you have a purpose for living. It means you can live all out. You can live with confidence because after all, he not only gives real life, he gives eternal life. So what happens if you die? Well, then you're going to the big dance. You can live in confidence. And this is, well, we're talking about gifts. When you invite Jesus Christ into your life and you have God at, in your, at work in your life, it means you start the day receiving gifts. Just big gifts, little gifts, things that God does in our day to let us know that he loves us. I love Lamentations 3, verse 22. It says, his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. For somebody who invites Jesus Christ into her life or into his life, you start the day expecting the gifts that God brings into your life. Gifts like we've talked about, peace and joy and purpose. Well, Jesus said, I came, I was born to give you life, real life. And then secondly, he said he was born to give us eternal life. Eternal life. Wow, think about that for a moment. How much would you pay for that? <laughs> I could talk to somebody here tonight, like I do, I talk to people all the time, and it's like, well, people tell me from time to time, Mark, I really don't need God because I'm, I'm really tough. I can handle anything. How are you handling death? Take that one on. I've been pastoring for 35 years. I've done hundreds of funerals, and the one thing I've discovered is death is tough on all of us. But Jesus said, look, here's the thing. If you invite me into your life, death is not the cosmic stop sign. I love what David wrote in the most famous chapter of the Old Testament, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. When David talks about death, think about all the metaphors that he employs there. In fact, he said, if, first of all, he said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, I'm going to go into death. He said, I'll walk through it. The way David looked at death, he would go in the front side and come out the back side. Yeah, though I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, death is not what it appears to be. As one minister said, would you rather get hit by a truck or the shadow of a truck? <laughs> Eternal life. One of the things that I love thinking about from time to time, do you realize that God has given us a picture of eternity Death and eternal life every 24 hours. Day turns to night, but then night turns back into day. You have the seasons that, you know, one, I don't know when Jesus was born. Was he born in December? Was he born in April? I don't know. Just glad we celebrate it. We probably are celebrating because the days start getting longer this week. But even the seasons are, are, are a sign that God has spun into our universe to remind us that life keeps going. We see fall come, the leaves turn, colors the leaves fall off the trees. It looks like they're dead, but they're not dead because come April, the blossoms will come out. 
See, all these metaphors and pictures that God has spun into our world to help us understand that death is not what it looks like it is. That, in fact, Jesus put it this way, those who live and believe in Jesus will never die. Jesus said, that's why I'm born. That's why I came into the world. I came into the world to give you life, real life and eternal life. And one more time, I just want to remind you the name of the series is Gifts. They're gifts. It's not what you do to get life. It's receiving. It's receiving a gift. You and I both know. This is the reason why I hate religion. I'm always telling our church I hate religion. I'm going to tell you why. Religion is man's flailing attempt to connect with God. When I open the Bible, I discover a totally different story. It's God's desire to connect with us. Religion says jump through these hoops and you'll be accepted. The Bible tells me a story of God's unconditional love where by what Jesus did when he came into our world, God is freely able to offer us a gift that we couldn't buy. I hate about religion the fact that no matter how much you do, you always come up short. You know, what I love about the Bible is that God invites me, a flawed person who can't be perfect for 30 minutes, God invites me to come to Jesus Christ, his son, and God, through the person of Jesus, extends a gift to me that is life, real life, and eternal life. Here's how the Bible puts it in John chapter 3. For God so loved the world, so loved the world, that he gave, there's our word again, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And oh, how I love these words. For God did not send his son. In other words, the purpose that baby is lying in Mary's arms. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And then here it is. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Not whoever joins a church, not, ever who, not whoever's baptized or whoever gives money, whoever jumps through religious hoops, but whoever believes. In other words, by believing, you're putting your confidence in Jesus and the Bible says the moment you do that, God gives you through Jesus, through him coming into our world, the gift of everlasting life. You know, that explains why we light everything up this time of year, why we give gifts, why there's a whole season of Christmas, the only holiday that there's a season attached to. It explains why we give all the kind things that we give out this time of year because our world changed in Jesus coming it's like the old, old man who his family gave a trip to the Grand Canyon, who when he saw the Grand Canyon for the first time, let out a low whistle and said, wow, something big happened here. And, and when we look at our world today, you know, celebrating with the lights and, the, and all the beauty and the season, the festivities, something big happened here. <laughs> so that's why I go back to that moment where Mary's holding infant, minutes old. And the irony, don't you know the irony was, on, is it, was in Mary? To understand, the little baby that she had given life to would give life to her. Uh, that's why Mary said, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary was holding in her arms her own Savior. The baby she had just given life to would give life to her.
Let me ask you a personal question. Have you received the gift of life? Obviously, you've received physical life from your mom and dad because you're here. But I'm asking you a question. Have you received the gift of life from Jesus? He came. That's the reason he came, to give you life. And it could be that for the first time here tonight on this Christmas Eve service, you've said, I, I finally get it. It's not religion, and it's not what I do. It's what God did for me through Jesus. Jesus came into our world. He lived the life that you and I can't live. He ran the table 33 years and never did one thing wrong. And then he lay on a cross, and the blood that came out of his body in that crucifixion was a currency that paid for your sins. He died for you. He took your death and your sin for you. They laid him in a grave, and three days later, he walked out of the grave under his own power. 
And today he is the king of heaven and he loves you unconditionally. And he so much wants you to be part of God's family that he extends the gift of life to you. Real life and eternal life. And that's the only way to have it. You say, Mark, I'm not sure. Well, would you ask for it tonight? If you would, I want you to pray with me. In fact, I'd like to encourage all of us to pray for a moment. If you have received that gift, pray for others here tonight. And, and the important thing is not any magic words that you say to them. It's just opening up your heart. God's looking for a big yes. But I want to pray a prayer with you. And, and you can, I'll pray it slowly, and you can think about the words, because these are words that just invite Jesus to give you the gift of life. Okay? Let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you lived a perfect life. I believe you died in my place to pay for my sins. I believe you arose from the grave. Although there's much I don't understand, I commit my life to you. I trust you. I don't trust my religion. I don't trust myself. I trust you and your gift of life. Thank you for forgiving me, and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.